Welcome everybody to the player and the fan. I am Kiera Luck and David Noel is the the, player, the coach, the everything a part of this aspect and I am the fan. Well, not today. Today we have Michael McKay. He is a USC alum of the year 2005 and he is currently stationed in Hawaii in the Air Force. And today he is the fan. I am just the and part of it today. I get to enjoy <laughs> seeing David and Michael interact. Um, and so far it has been incredibly special because uh, just seeing David get all this love that he doesn't get from me um, is just amazing. See, so, <laughs> see, see how she treat me, ladies and gentlemen? This is the problem. This is the problem right here that we always have. Again, <laughs> so when you have somebody in your life that you appreciate, let them know. Kiara, you know what? I appreciate you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say thank you for you. That's it. <laughs> Anyway, so Michael had this whole spiel before we started, and I'm going to have to ask him to repeat everything verbatim because it was fantastic, and the smile on David's face was priceless. So, um, Michael, please take it, and, and David is yours. Well, before I start putting love on to David, though, I just wanted to say mm -hmm. thank you again, too. So not just a fan of the Carolina basketball program, but a fan of what you've been doing on the uh, Sports Illustrated Maven. Uh, great uh, content that you guys are uh, putting out there. And then uh, just for the two of you with this new podcast, uh, you know, with all the uh, quarantining stuff going on. And in Hawaii, we're taking it pretty seriously. Uh, you know, haven't been I able to go you know, going out to the beach and stuff. So I've been doing a lot of just jogging by myself, uh, listening to the podcast as I'm running and stuff. So it helps the uh, time go by. I really appreciate what you guys have been doing. So, so first some love for you. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Show Kiara some love. <laughs> show you some love at the beginning. And then the rest of the podcast will be about me. And I'm all about David. About me. So they, uh, Michael, the floor is yours. All right. Well, uh, uh, David, so I'm class of 2005. So I was on campus when you were running with a squad. Uh, great senior year for me, obviously, ending in a national championship. Um, but just uh, the when I was coming uh, to school, Carolina kind of hit a rough patch with the end of the Matt Doherty era and then Roy Williams comes on. So I'm just curious from you being in the program, kind of uh, explain to us what it was like just being a player in the program that you kind of feel that, you know, you've lost some momentum. And then how does that change when Roy Williams comes in there, uh, gets buy-in from the players who were really Doherty's players ending up in a national championship? So remember, I told you on this podcast, we, we, we don't hold no punches. We don't tell no lies. Anything that you ask me, I'm going to tell the absolute truth. So when Matt Doherty recruited me to the University of North Carolina, again, I, ca I was coming in anyway as a football player. So I had already committed to the University of North Carolina as a football guy um, and was going to, you know, do the walk-on thing and play both sports. So when Matt Doherty uh, came and saw me play, he kind of pulled me to the side and he was like, hey, man, how, what would you think about playing basketball full time? And I said, okay, oh, okay, I like that. I like that. So, you know, what, what, what do you mean by that, though? Uh, he was like, you know, don't play football. Just come with us and play basketball. So I was like, well, okay, that sounds good. Well, you know, I got a full scholarship over here. What are you guys offering? And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's the problem. We ain't got no scholarships. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. My mom ain't got that kind of money. So, but, so then I sat down and I talked with my sister and we, uh, we, uh, we talked about, you know, financial aid and all that kind of stuff. It was the first time being introduced, introduced to that. Um, and then I made a decision. I prayed about it for a little bit, talked about my family. So now I come in as a basketball player. Uh, now, mind you, football players are mad at me. The coach is mad at me because they have spent all of this time recruiting me. And then now I don't play. Um, so now, and then they lose a couple more recruits on top of that too. Like it was guys that was coming because I was coming. And then now nobody's coming. So, um, so me coming in was uh, as a as a walk on. For me, I was like, okay, how can we, how can we turn this around? Like we we had this star studded class coming in. Nobody really knew who I was. I was more of the the extra guy. Um, like my man Danny Green said uh, with with the trade from Toronto uh, <laughs> from the Spurs to Toronto, he was the other guy. I was the other guy. In, in, in that star-studded class that we had coming in. Because you had Raymond Felton, Rashad McCants, uh, uh, Sean May, who were all McDonald's All-Americans. And you, you add the seven-foot Debo, Damian Grant, to that Byron Sanders, who was the, the play, uh, uh, Mr. Basketball down in, in Mississippi. And then you just had me, a kid from Durham. Like, nobody really knew who I was um, outside of Durham, for real. So 
coming into that that situation, I, I truly appreciated Coach Doherty giving me the opportunity and believing in what I could do. And then now it was just about running with it. So now when 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 you you because all we could do was go up from what they did the year before. They were eight and twenty the year before. So so we didn't really have any like real pressure on us, so to speak, uh, other than to kind of be better than that. And we were, and we were. We uh we had our rough patches. Uh, we were young. Uh, we we were relying on a lot of talent. Uh, they had so many transfers to leave out, and then you you're, you're stuck with the freshman class of Jackie, uh, uh, Jawad Williams, and Melvin Scott becoming your sophomore class, added on with six freshmen. So we were young, and and and, and at the beginning we showed this this um, like unbelievable like youth youth exuberance. And we go out and we win the preseason NIT. And everybody's like, oh, my God, Carolina's back. And then we, we go to Illinois and ooh-wee. <laughs> the season takes a nosedive after that because um, I, I think guys, guys were kind of riding this wave of everybody, everything's new and this and that. And then we kind of got the reality check, uh, so to speak, uh, of, of what we were actually in. And we were playing it. Everybody gives North Carolina their best shot on every single day. So now you fast forward to the end of the season and we 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 make it to the NIT. Uh we I think we lost we lost in the third round uh to uh Georgetown, uh Mike Sweetney and them. And then now we're we're in a situation where Coach Doherty is about to get fired. So me, rem remember, Coach Doherty brings me in as a walk-on. I'm sitting here like the next he, he's promising me the next three years I'm gonna be on scholarship. So now I'm nervous as heck. I'm like, oh my God, y'all done tried to get this man up out of here and I'm finna get up out of here because I, I had zero idea. And here's the crazy piece. And, and this is why I said I, I won't hold any punches on this, on this podcast. When we played Kansas in uh, the preseason NIT and we beat Kansas, I said, I don't ever want to play for that coach. And that coach was Roy Williams. And here's, the, here's, the, here's why, here's why. He was on the sideline going crazy. He, he was cussing them out. I said, oh, my God, he crazy. I don't, I don't yeah, know. just saying dad gum and stuff. Uh, yeah, y'all, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Real, we, real he, was, he was giving, yeah, he was giving some real ones. Because <laughs> he was, he was so pissed. But, but I think Coach Doherty had the perfect plan. Like, Coach knew everything that he was going to do. Uh, it, it was the same that we were going to do. Uh, but we put in like this special offense at that particular time to just um, <clears throat> keep everybody high. We knew they were going to deny, keep everybody high, literally above the free throw line, and we were backdooring them all night, backdooring them all night. And I'm talking about coach is – he's going ham on the sideline. So when, when everybody was like, Coach Williams is going to get the job, I was so nervous and scared because of how he was with Kansas in that one game. So, like, I, I had this pre preconceived judgment of Coach Williams, like, bro, he crazy. I don't want to play for him. <laughs> so then he comes in, and, you know, he gives us the speech uh, at, at the, at the uh, press conference and all that kind of stuff. And, and then but, – but he's great. Like, he was great in person. Uh, uh, he, and he, he was so – you were able to talk to him. So I'm like, Coach, uh, like, I didn't even – I didn't even ask this question. Uh, one of my real good friends, Raymond Felton, at the time stepped up and was like, hey, is David going to get his scholarship? And Coach Williams was like, yes. And so I breathed a sigh of relief, and, and, and I can't thank him enough to this day for uh, believing in me, even not knowing me, and, and giving me the platform to still continue to do what I wanted to do at the University of North Carolina. Now fast forward again. Coach Williams is there. Our first season doesn't go necessarily as planned, but we knew we were there. We, we were right on the cusp. We had this talent. Uh, we were believing in what Coach Williams was 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 instilling in us, and then you bring in guys like Marvin Williams and Quentin Thomas in that next year in 2005, uh, 2004-2005. So when we got that team together that summer, uh, we all challenged each other, and it was like nothing before. Like the 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 the, the season before, we had made the tournament, we had all shaved our heads. We had, beat, uh, we had beat Air Force, and then we lost to Texas in the second round. And we knew, we knew then, though, we knew then that we were special. Even in that loss, we were like, oh, this is going to be good next year. 
and and so the summer was kind of where we where we kind of built all that camaraderie and it just carried on into the season we started holding each other accountable whether that was that was uh that was on the court off the court like behavior uh everybody was like hey no you can't do that this is what you got to do you got to listen to him and, and so people started speaking up more um uh every everybody just started to 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 become their own uh individual leaders but but also individual their, their followers as well like because on a different day for that particular team anybody could be the leader and and that's what was special about that team one one day it might be Jawad. one day it might be david next day it might be raymond next day it might be sean and and that's kind of the way it went and that turned into a national championship and, and again from you from, from a fan perspective you saw the growth on the court but y'all didn't necessarily see the behind the scenes work that we put in but for you uh and, and fans like you who 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 love carolina basketball like we wanted to do it for you guys and and, and for conversations like this years later years down the line to say hey, we did this for you guys, as well as us, as well as us, no, no question about it, but also for Coach Williams to leave what he had at Kansas and to, to take a chance to come back to his alma mater. I get it, it's his alma mater, it's his home, it, but what he had at Kansas was really, really special. And on top of that, they were in the national championship game year before. So for him to leave that and to come to the University of North Carolina, we felt obligated to him to give it our all now did we know that was going to turn into a national championship i can't say yes we did but i will say we were we were committed to giving coach williams our all ourselves our all uh our teammates our all and not only and last but not least the fans our all it was really interesting to me to see after he won like when the, when the final buzzer goes off, all the players are jumping up and down. It seemed like he made a beeline to Bruce Weber. And I remember hearing in an interview, because he lost in the national championship game, uh, you know, before, he knows exactly how Bruce Weber's feeling right now. So just wanted to congratulate him on a great season. That was a real team. Uh, I remember uh, Darren Williams, Dee Brown, uh, Luther Head. It was, it was, I was real before that game, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I, I much preferred watching the 2009 championship game where it was kind of smooth sailing yeah, the entire yeah, time yeah. than being nervous. But uh, um, so you climb the mountain, you struggled early, get the national championship, and then like with so many college teams, when you you win, one of your goals of going to college is to play well, of course, win a national championship. But when you got that chance to go to the NBA, so we lose McCants, we lose Felton, we lose May, then we got graduating seniors, uh, uh, Williams. we lose Mar uh, Marvin Williams. Um, mm -hmm. So you're like last man standing. And I uh, mentioned before, no disrespect, uh, <laughs> David Noel in 2005, more of a complimentary player. So now you're gonna be pushed to the forefront. And back in 2005, 2006, uh, the kind of online recruiting wasn't as, as, as widespread uh, now. So the fans don't really, we haven't been following these guys since their sophomore year of high school and stuff. Heard of Tyler Hansbrough, but hadn't really heard of these other guys. How was it for you to just be kind of like sitting on campus in the spring and the summer and some of your best friends are going off and you're like, okay, I'm what's left and I don't know what these guys are about. Uh, mm -hmm. That kind of mindset to like, all right, I, I kind of accomplished everything that I wanted to. Now I got to do it all over again and I don't have as much ammo as I did last time. So here, here's the crazy part. So in that, I literally, we all, we all said, if we want it, we were all going to leave. Nobody, nobody really knows that. Um, but I said in my mind, <laughs> y'all better leave because <laughs> I need one more year. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I said in my head. Y'all go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all going to leave. <laughs> so, cause, cause and honestly, had they come back, I, I would have went and played football because at that particular time, that was the first time in my life, in my career that I started to think about what was next. Um, and, and so in, in my mind, I'm thinking if all of these jokers come back, I, I'm not going to be able to show what I can do. And like you said, up until that point, I was really a complimentary player. My freshman year, I had some breakout games and people started to, okay, okay, that kid can, can play. I, I had a couple big games and all that kind of stuff and, because Rashad got hurt. Uh, so I was able to step in and play more minutes. 
and then gradually sophomore year, same thing. Uh, I get injured my sophomore year. I, I tore a ligament in my thumb, but we, we finished the season nonetheless. And then junior year, and now junior year, we're loaded. So I, I can't say, hey, it's my time to shine because we got so many players. It's, it's more so, hey, what role do you need me to play this year? So that was the first time, and a lot of people might not even know or recognize this, that was the first time that I had played the wing my entire, my entire time at North Carolina. I, I was a 2-3 only on the 2004-2005 season. Other than that, I played the four spot. I'm, I'm down there battling Eric Williams and, and, and Mike Sweetney and, and all of these big seven-foot, 300-pound guys, and I'm having to guard these jokers in the post. So um, senior year comes around. Uh, everybody announces that they're leaving. I'm clapping in the background like, thank you. I appreciate y'all. So now it's like, ooh, it's my turn. Okay. So now, mind you, we, we had all of our recruits on campus and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Tyler Hansbro came in. And when he played in pickup, when he was on his visit, I said, oh, okay, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. And then I watched, I watched Danny Green. Danny Green was the piece in that, in that class that I felt like was going to be the guy that got us over the top. I didn't necessarily know if Bobby was going to stand up to the pressure that he, that he was able to stand up to, but he did a phenomenal job. Rayshon Terry, I knew what Rayshon could do. So honestly, I was thinking, okay, this is getting ready to be a two-head monster, me and Rayshon, me and Rayshon. I got in the gym and I worked my butt off. I got my game better. I got my jump shot better. I went from shooting 30-something percent to 40% from three at my, my senior year. So th those were the things I knew I had to work on. I was already athletic, and I could get up and down the floor. I knew how to defend. All of that stuff was already there. It was the jump shot that I felt like was lacking the most, so that's what I put the most work in. And, and it showed during my senior year. So now you take those two pieces of me and Rayshon Terry and Byron Sanders uh, as the third, and I'm thinking Tyler Hansbro. I already knew what Tyler Hansbro could do. I didn't necessarily know he was going to have a career that he had, but I knew he was going to be as he was going to be good for us that particular year because there was nobody. He didn't have to sit behind anybody. We were going to feed him from day one, and he was going to get buckets. So, at the beginning of the year, Coach Williams said to us, "He said I am going to play that we are young, like that we lost ninety-seven percent of our scoring. <laughs> I am going to play to that." He said, "But I don't want y'all to think for one second that this is going to be a bad year." And for and from 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 jump, I told everybody, "Hey, hey, uh-uh, don't do that, don't do that. We here, we coming." And so I believed it. Coach Williams believed it, and we instilled that into the rest of the guys. The rest of the guys just came in and just needed to play, and that's it. And 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 we didn't we didn't put any pressure on them. We didn't put any uh, undue like uh, physical. Are you got to be ready right now kind of deal. It, it, it was none of that. It was come in, play your game. You're at the University of North Carolina, and, and we're going to have a great season. And that's what it ended up turning out to be. Um, I was more of the leader by example. Uh, when we did our conditioning, I wanted to make sure I was always first, and I was, uh, just to prove to them that, hey, y'all can do this too. You ain't got to worry about that. Y'all can do this too. And now when things starts to translate on the court, and pick up and games like stuff like that, that that during that time guys were willing to play a lot of pickup basketball so we were able to get uh we were we were able to get acquainted with each other like playing these pickup games so once they got there we were playing every single day every single day one-on-one -on -one, two on two and five on five up and down the court so guys kind of started to get a get a grasp with each, each, each other and then it kind of turned into uh, the season that we had. So 2006, I, I tell everybody, was was even even above the national championship year was was my favorite year in North Carolina as well. When you talk about uh, the new guys coming in and how you as a senior and the upperclassmen have to kind of like preach that Carolina culture to them, uh, tell them what's in store. Uh, you know, I imagine there's is there like a handbook that comes out, or is this just like <laughs> daily lessons yeah. that that you instill upon them, or we kind of abstractly know what Carolina culture is, but is there like some sort of concrete uh, coach says, this is what it's all about. You have to follow a ABC or else, you know, you're going to be out or you're going to be sitting on the bench. How does that work? No, it's, it's, it's not necessarily a concrete book. It's really word of mouth. It's really word of mouth guys. And, and at that time, 
Uh, and this is something that, that I feel like we can, we can do a little bit better uh, of, a, of a job at, at Carolina. But, and, there, and there's a piece of it, too, because when we came through, the older guys came back all the time. You had, you had uh, Vince Carter coming back, Shamar Williams, um, um, Antoine Jameson, Brendan Haywood, Matt Tarinja, uh, Voss. Like, everybody was coming back, and, and they were passing on that knowledge to us, even guys like Julius Peppers would come in, Ed Coda, Ed Davis, uh, uh, not Ed Davis, um, uh, Joe Forte. All of those guys were coming back. Jason Capel, they were coming back and they were playing. They were playing with us. So we got a chance to not only play against those guys, um, we also got a chance to learn from those guys. We got, a, we got a chance to learn the do's and don'ts of Carolina basketball from those guys. And then fast forward to us leaving out, we did the same thing and came back. And this is, and this is one of the things that I, I've talked about uh, uh with our in our, our group chat we got to kind of get our guys to start coming back a little bit especially the guys that are playing that, that are still playing some of us are retired we're old we we've moved on with different careers but the guys that are playing coming back a lot more and, and giving and giving these younger guys that that tutelage that that we had coming in um so there, there was there isn't necessarily a handbook but it is a word of mouth all right i'm listening to shaman williams and what he say and how we need to play pickup and how we need to do this and how we need to do that. So now I take that, I pass it on to Tyler Hansbro. So now when Tyler Hansbro is a senior, Tyler Hansbro passes it on to Ty Lawson. Ty Lawson passes it on to, to Marcus Page. Marcus Page passes it on to Joe Bird. Joe Bird passes it on, and, it just, and that's how it goes. And that's how it is. So it's, uh, it's not necessarily a handbook, but it, it is, again, a word of mouth type of deal. And, and, we, and, we, and we take it seriously. We take it seriously. Like one of our main rules in pickup is, if you don't cross half court, you can't score. So you got to go touch half court. Or if the ball goes way over there, freshmen got to go get it. Like, so just little things like that, that, you know, kind of build a culture. It keeps us, it keeps us uh, tied in and it, and, and it gives us an understanding of what Carolina basketball is and where we want to take it. Uh, Jay Billis had said on some ESPN broadcast, the first time that he ever saw Danny Green in practice, uh, he was like, he didn't know if he would make it through. And I guess uh, Coach Roy was just on him the whole time. He didn't know the plays or something. So you as a senior, and maybe this has happened to you when you were a freshman, like coach is going to get on you. He's going to give you some tough love and stuff. How do the players kind of you, like bring him into the fold, talk him up? Like what, what would you do after something like that? Uh, you you kind of, it, it really depends on uh, how bad coach got him. So I was always the guy that, I would try to get them before coach got them. So it, it would be better coming from your, the player, the guy that you're out here before coach could blast them. Um, so when it came to guys like Danny or, and this is something that coach again, coach, like coach is phenomenal at communicating certain things. And so he, this is what he would do sometimes. He'll tap me and be like, hey, go talk to Danny. Gotcha. I go over, I talk to Danny. Because I already know what coach wants to say. All right, ADG, look, this is what we got to do. This is what you need to do. Start thinking about this while you're out there. Start thinking about that while you're out there. And now it, it starts to, he starts to think about those things. He starts to highlight those things. And then those things come to fruition when we, when we go to the games. And now coach ain't screaming and yelling no more. Um, so um, so for, for the type of, when, when, it came to, when it came to guys like Danny, um, Danny just needed just needed time because I knew how talented Danny was. Danny, I always felt like, because again, in pickup, now there's a difference between pickup and actually playing in the game. But in pickup, Danny showed this versatility that was unseen. He could do every single thing on the floor. And 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 on top of that, he he could defend. So when you have a guy like that in your in your in on your team, in your repertoire, um, I'm just glad it came to fruition for him, uh, like during his time at Carolina. And, and we had Danny on this show, and Kiara can speak to this. Um, one of the, the nicest guys ever. Like DG is it's like, it's, yeah, like it's, it's crazy how nice he is. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, like it's crazy how nice Danny it is. is. So, in order to in order to get him going, it you like. Yelling at him, I don't necessarily think is going to do it. So you got to just find a different way to talk to DG. So, uh, and, and, I, and I was able to, to find those ways to talk to each and every one of them. Tyler was a different animal. He, he was 
intensity all 100% of the time. So there was a certain way I had to, I had to talk to Tyler. I had to, hey, 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 I need you to calm down. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about this. Look, look this is what you need to concentrate on. So uh, I, I think I was able to kind of put out a lot of the fires uh, before coach had to come in and speak to it. So uh, I think that's what, that's what helped us out as well during, during that year with, with the younger guys. You had mentioned uh, the pickup, a lot of the culture being picked up uh, by the younger players, by the veterans and the, the, the past lettermen and stuff. When you've played as an alum, uh, uh, an alumni, uh, were you able to see some of the, like, I, I hear, I read the reports of recruits coming in on like official mm -hmm. visits or unofficial visits and they, I got to play pickup with some of the players on the team now and some of the past players. Have you played in any of those games and kind of looked at the coaches and be like, oh, I don't know about him. He ain't got it. Or do you see guys that are like, coach, you need to get on him hard. Uh, he's the real Why deal type. That? Of <laughs> Why? Hey. That, David, hey. don't answer that. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, I am. Oh, yes, I am going to answer that. <laughs> hey, look, listen, I told y'all. Everybody is great. No, they, no, no, everybody is not great. Everybody is no. awesome. Everybody I'm is good. not great. And no. So there are guys that I, I felt like, uh, so let, let, I, I'll, I'll give you a few examples. There are guys that I was like, hey, we need to get this guy. Um, and they end up going somewhere else. Or I, there was a guy where I'd be like, hey, we recruiting him? Why? And they end up coming. <laughs> so, so like there, there are those times where, um, how can I say it? There are times where they they might have a bad day. They might have a bad day. And and you just kind of gotta say, okay, all right, this might have been just a bad day for you. So for me, I started to look at not necessarily how they played, because most of the kids when when they came on their visits and stuff like that, most of them were nervous. Now some of them showed flashes of like, oh we Marvin Williams showed that flash. Tyler Hansbro showed that flash. Danny Green showed that flash. So all of those guys, excuse me, showed that flash, but then you had some guys who were just reserved. Like I played, I played, I went and played against Kobe White when, when, uh, when we were recruiting Kobe, uh, because I know his sister well, um, and we had, we had talked beforehand. So I, I was like, hey, I got to go down there. I got to go down there. This was kind of around my last year playing and all that kind of stuff. Kobe didn't necessarily play that great, but I knew Kobe could play. So I'm like, yeah, this is one we got to get. So there, there were times uh, where, yeah, there was a few guys I'm like, hmm. And then there are, there are other guys. I'm, like Kendall Marshall was one of those guys. Kendall Marshall was one of those guys that I felt like was great, though. Like, I was like, oh, hey, he, he can, he's going to be really, really good. Um, Did he ever hit you I, I, pass that you weren't expecting? No, he didn't. I always kept my hands ready. Always kept my hands ready. Because previously, I had played with a point guard called named Ricky Rubio. And, and yeah, he was, he was that kind of point guard. But Kendall was the type where he could use his body so well and just bump you. Like, I was guarding him one time. I remember he's going full court, and he bumped me. Boom! And I'm, I'm you know, me, I, you know, you think about David Noel, you think about strong, physical, that kind of guy. When he hit me with that shoulder one time, I went there. I moved a little bit. I said, oh, wait a minute now. I said, okay, look, Kendall. All right. He bumped me, hit me, and got a, got a little shot off. I said, okay, all right. It's going to be okay. So, so yeah, that's um, – but, yeah, I'll, I'll keep the guys. Was the bump there. worse than uh, Lorenzo Brown stayed in the ACC tournament? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I'll keep the guys who I didn't think were good enough to, to myself since, I, you know. I mean, getting some a little bit of backlash in my my comments on. Recruits or anything like that. Um, no. I wanted to ask you to uh, perspective on the floor as a player, uh, to be able to kind of see the game in slow motion, or like you know, I've read that that's a lot of uh, what athletes say. They kind of see the play happening in slow motion before something spectacular happens. Uh, two plays that I want to uh, bring up. Uh, Kentucky 2006 uh, you guys are you know surprisingly playing well against them kind of holding the lead uh, you mm -hmm. get the ball on the left wing I think defender takes like one step forward uh, to challenge the shot and you go right around the left and then just yoke on him uh, what 
is it that you're seeing when you get the ball in your hands, break down in your three-point stance? Uh, is there a point uh, in the play where you're like, I got him? Or, or is everything reactionary, happening very quick? What, what's going on inside your head? So Carolina runs, runs a freelance offense. And mind you, like, I'm, I'm the senior. I'm, I'm the older state, statement on the team. So I, I kind of understand the nuance of the offense, the little, little creases and all that kind of stuff. So on that particular play, I've always, I've always done this. Um, I always like to set the back screen because when I set the back screen, my guy has to help. And normally I pop and I'm able to shoot. So that's what normally happens. But on this particular play, I had done it a couple times before in the game, set the back screen, uh, and I watched the guy go through. So they didn't, they didn't, when you, normally when you, when you playing defense, you get the back screen set on you, you follow your man, and then you stop underneath the basket. For whatever reason, I kept seeing them, like they kept going, they just kept clearing out every time. And I said, ooh, I might have something there. So one time, came down, set the back screen, and when I caught it, I saw that my guy was closing out high. So all I did was just pump a little bit and go. Now, once I went, I was like, ooh, he, his back is turned. His back is turned. Rondo. Rondo's back was turned. Rondo's back was turned. I said, oh, if I take one more dribble, it's a wrap. I took that one more dribble. And then he finally turned around. I said, oh, it's over now. So all I did was jump. All I did was jump. And at, at that time, I said, okay, let's go. Hammer that thing. And, and it was, it was, it's by far, the crazy part about it is, like, as much as I love that dunk, like, I love seeing it afterwards because my cousin was at the game. It was one of the rare games that he was able to come to, and Coach showed it in film. <laughs> and my cousin is back there, like, he's jumping up crazy. Like, he's jumping up before I even take off. He's like, oh, it's coming. And he's jumping up and he's going crazy out there dunking it. So that's that's really why I like it. So if you ever watch the clip, there's a guy right behind our bench. He's dressing a white, white, uh, long sleeve, uh, I guess it's like a thermal joint and a hat. And he's going ham behind the bench. And that's my cousin. So that's really why I like the dunk even more. Do you kind of not exhale until you've actually like you feel your hand on the rim, you watch the ball punch down? Because I know more than a few times I've like been punching my couch when I see uh, players dunk it and just like, high. like when, when do you kind of like, ah, got it. You know, what's crazy. I haven't had that many missed dunks. Like if I, Hey, 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 you can, you can roll your eyes all you want to now. I am telling you the truth. <laughs> I like, because I've always done dunks that I knew I could make. Mm. So, like, and that I had done before. So if I'm going to practice them, I practice them, like, like in practice. So a windmill, I know I'm going to make a windmill. I don't have any hesitation on doing a windmill. Leaning, cocking it back, I know I'm going to make that. So um, it's, it's been rare that I, that I think I've missed dunks in, in, in that type of fashion to where, you know, fans looking at me like, dang, bro, how he missed that? If, if I'm going to miss something, it's going to be something, like, crazy, like, it came off of the rim. I had to reach way back here, and I just couldn't get it kind of deal. It's going to be one of those type of dunks versus a, oh, I'm on a fast break. He go up and just try. Now, Miss Layup, <laughs> I might trick one of them off, one or two. But a Miss Dunk, I'm, I'm very, very, very uh, 100% knowing I'm going I'm to make the dunk. Okay, we got time for one more question. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, so final question then. Uh, the uh, J.J. Reddick senior night at Duke. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> Duke's got a strong team, uh, got us in Chapel Hill. You guys are coming in there. ESPN had the whole setup. They got the J.J. Reddick 360 cam, you know, mm -hmm. Duke's best of all time, this and this and this and that. What was it like on the floor talking with the players? And I don't know if you can, like, hear Coach K talking to them and stuff. Were they giving you disrespect? Were they saying, like, you know, this is our night, this is our, like, coronation and stuff? How is that going down? And, like, when, when you kind of realize what's happening and you're getting towards the very end and Coach K is calling timeouts so J.J. can get his uh, ovation before he goes, sits on the bench to catch that L, like, what was that like for y'all seeing that? Uh, I'm just dying to know, like, did they know what was going to happen and the, the moment that they kind of realized 
what it was like for them, their shoulders going down. So <clears throat> this again, wait, wait, did this you talk goes... about this with, with Nolan? No, no, we didn't. Fail. Yeah, we okay, didn't. I'm sorry, yeah, we didn't. I'm sorry. But he wasn't on that team though. He wasn't on that team. Okay, okay, okay. He didn't okay. come in, yeah, he didn't come in until later. Okay. So okay. here we go. I actually told every guy that left, because before then we had never won in camera. I told every guy that left, I said, dang, bro, y'all ain't gonna get a chance to win in camera. I am. <laughs> I, and I, and I, I put that, I know, I know it sounds crazy. I, to, I, I said that to them when they left and I told them that I was gonna win in camera. And so fast forward, now again, am I a fortune teller? It seems like I am. Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> I told you so, guaranteed it. <laughs> but this is what happened. When we played them at Carolina, we didn't lose. We didn't lose that game because they were a better team than us. I felt like we we lost that game because at that stage in the season, we were still young, we were still learning, and we hadn't reached our full potential yet. When we went to Cameron, it was a completely different story. I felt like this team had, I said, okay, we've put the pieces in place. Everybody kind of knows their role. Tyler Hansbro is starting to become Tyler Hansbro. Me and me and Rayshon are doing what we're supposed to do as far as holding this thing down. Bobby Frazier is, is steady at the point guard position. Marcus Ginya, Danny Green, all of these guys are, are, are plugging in and where they need to be. Wes Miller is knocking down shots. We can go in there and beat them. I told them that before we got, got off the bus. We get off the bus, we getting ready. No disrespect from Cameron Indoor uh, Stadium and their Cameron Crazies at all. They are probably the most creative fan base out there. Dukies, I give you your little credit. There you go. That's the only credit you're getting from me right now. <laughs> but now, once the game started, JJ came out, fuego. I'm like, ooh, wee, good boy ain't gonna miss. But I also said it's a 40-minute game. And that's all that's all I kept telling my guys. 40 minutes. 40 minutes. I don't care if they winning for 38 of it. 40 minutes. 40 minutes. So as, as we're getting down to it and we, we start winning, okay, we got a little lead. We, we doing our thing. And JJ's getting tired. He's starting to miss shots. Marcus, Danny, me, uh, Rayshon, uh, making it tough for him. Uh, Sheldon, missing a few shots. And I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. So now it starts to snowball into this, oh, we got a lead. Can we play with the lead? Tyler knocks down a huge three. Now it's comeback time for them. They starting to come back and Demarcus Nelson hits a three that I want to say it cut it to like three or four. When I say I had never in my life the butt, uh -uh, heard anything that loud. Man, the, that state that stadium got so loud, we couldn't hear anything. Coach Williams was screaming for a timeout. You couldn't hear him. You got guys right next to you that you're trying to talk to that you cannot hear because that's how loud it was in there. So they thought they had their little comeback. But then we, we knocked down some shots. Bobby goes to the free throw line. Cool, calm, and collected, knocks down some free throws. And I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. Here we go. So now, once we get that, <clears throat> once we get that, Coach K calls his timeout, and he pulls J.J. and them off. Once he pulled J.J. and them off, we was like, oh, yeah, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. So now we kind of – me, I'm like, hey, game ain't over yet. Get 40 minutes. That's all I kept saying. Game ain't over yet. 40 minutes. So finally, they take them off the court, all of their seniors. They walk off crying like little babies, little, little dookie babies, your little dookie babies. <laughs> so they walk off the court. Uh, coach pulls them off. I look over at Coach. Coach looks at me. Bobby steps to the free throw line, and and, and in one of the clips, you might can see it. He's, he's he's looking at me. I said, "It's Bobby's world." That's what I used to tell him. Because because in Bobby's world, he's the man. Cool, calm, and collected. Steps to the free throw line, knocks down two, and buzzer goes off. Like all we could do was like, all I could do was just throw my jersey up. I told y'all. I told y'all we was gonna win in here. I told you, bums, we was gonna come in here and knock y'all off, and we did it. Tyler Hansbro has a great game. Uh, Bobby plays great. Danny plays great. And, and it was just, and afterwards in the locker room, 
all I did, I, I just sat down, I just smiled because it was one of the most gratifying victories of my career at the University of North Carolina, not only because it was against Duke, but because of the season that we had had and also because of how, just like you, everybody, all the fans, they didn't think that this was going to be a good Carolina season. And for us to finish it that way, getting the number, getting the number three seed um, in the tournament, um, and, and then for for me, it would have been a lot better if we would have go a little bit further in the ACC tournament. But you know, it is it's all good. Enjoyed every bit of it. Well, thank you so much uh, for the time. Uh, you know, it's it's really. Uh, a neat experience to be able to hear it direct from one of the players. Uh, I want to thank uh, Kiera for setting that up. Uh, it's It's been a real education, so thank you for the time. And, uh, you know, I'm hopeful, probably not realistic, that it's going to happen. But if you guys end up traveling down to Hawaii, I know we were supposed to play UH before going to the Maui Invitational. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Kiera, uh, uh, hit me up in the DMs. I'll show you guys Hi. where all the spots are. Best swimming, best yeah. snorkeling, best surfing. Yeah best breakfast, uh, best plate lunch, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, we've got, we've got Hawaii or Oahu at least uh, pretty well scoped out. Um, so hopefully uh, that'll still work out. I would really, really like to get down to the Maui Invitational. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, you guys, please stay safe, uh, stay healthy, and uh, looking forward to watching Carolina basketball with you, whether it's with or without fans. Uh, right. something, something new. That will be something new. Yeah, Dave, I don't know if you'll still be coaching. Well, if you'll have a season, hopefully you yeah, will. Yeah, at that time, I, really I think, I think it would. That would. And and now now that he's mentioned that, like, we, we might have some time, for real. Because I mean. I, I don't think we're – I think they're pushing us back as well. Um, so, that's uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be that might be a trip we're, we're talking about. There, there are worse places to be than in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> and in in media day, I mean, they, I've been trying to get David into this into this run, and he just he blows yeah. me off every time. So I, I'm hoping I, I don't blow you off. There are things that happen to where we have to. I I had to go. I had to go on media day. It sounds good. Yeah, I had to go on media day. Hold on, but we got some hot seat questions for Mike. Oh, we do. Oh. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we got some hot seat questions for you, Mike. Let's so, see. Oh, Michael, sorry. Oh, who you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, you go first, and I we'll 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 go we'll go three questions back and forth, Hello. and then uh, and then yeah, so we'll 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 answer answer those uh, from our from our esteemed colleague. I got a good Michael. one. All right, All right go ahead. So, at what which game made you question your loyalty? <laughs> I have many. <laughs> I Never my loyalty. I'm like any typical fan. Well, I, I take that back. I'm, I think I'm more level-headed where I'm one of the camp that will accept the fact that Roy's not going to call timeouts because he wants, you know, the team to learn <laughs> from their own mistakes. There are times where I'm just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, it's falling apart. But I'll take losses in November for the better success that we have in March. I don't think there's anything that's made me test my loyalty. There's no, not never. one game that you were just like, you know what? I'm a Duke fan. That's it. I... Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 have you had a game like that? I root for the Taliban before I root for Duke. No, like, I'm saying, I'm just saying, you know, yeah. maybe a Maryland no, fan. No, maybe not the Maybe, maybe Kira, a Virginia fan. It's not fan, going down no? like that. No, no, okay, no, no, no. All right. Little extreme. My bad. Go ahead. Definitely extreme. All right. Give me your top five North Carolina players. Your, your top five favorite North Carolina player. So. No, it, it doesn't, it, have, to doesn't, be, it doesn't it, have to be by position. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, okay. just your top five guy. Uh, the number one's probably Tyler Hansbrough. Two, Sean May. Three, uh, David Noel. Really? Oh. Just... <laughs> yeah. Are you surprised by that? <laughs> Uh, or uh, Ty Lawson. And then when you cut it down to five, like I'm getting into like that Kendall Marshall, Kobe White, and it's getting really, really hard to say the last one. Oh, goodness. Kendall Marshall then, because he had two seasons rather than, than the one. Yeah. Guns uh, in my jersey? head, but like, <laughs> oh, that, that's, a, that's a hard one to do. Whose jersey deserves to be in the Raptors? 
I was really bummed out. Not not bummed out. I'm I'm happy for Joel Berry that he was most outstanding player. I know you're gonna but, say. Uh, uh, yeah, yep. for Kennedy Meeks to yep. not miss out, especially for his game against Oregon, like he mm -hmm. saved the day. And I don't think that I've come closer to having a heart attack than him having to go up for rebounds, offensive rebounds on foul shots against Jordan Bell. Good yeah. God. Yeah. So yeah, Kennedy Meeks, if he could have been in there, that, that would have been, that would have been nice. That would have been sweet. I, I, I honestly said, like, I, I was happy for Joel as well, but I, I definitely think at that, that particular moment, I thought I thought Ken I thought Kennedy was gonna get it, uh, but when they gave it to Joel, I wasn't I wasn't upset, uh, but I definitely thought Kennedy was gonna get it as well, uh, just from just from how he had played throughout the the final four. Um, go ahead. Sorry. Well, the only quibble I'd have is uh, Joel Berry. If he if he was coming back, I thought that he had a great chance to make All America, so that's how he would get his jersey in the rafters. Kennedy Meeks, yeah. that, was, that was the last show, so. Right. Uh, you know, I, I can't be upset, uh, especially playing through the two ankle injuries and stuff. Uh, that, that's a man right there. That's a warrior. So I'm, I'm happy that Joel Berry got it. But Absolutely. So uh, favorite Carolina Duke game of all time? The one that we just talked about. And I'll, I'll tell you what was going on during that time. So I graduated 05. Uh, and so I'm in the Air Force. I went to West Texas to a place called Goodfellow Air Force Base. It's in the middle of nowhere. You can't get there by accident. You got to drive four hours on the highway <laughs> to get to this base. And so, um, and I had a dookie in my class, uh, a girl named Kareen Hart. Uh, so we would talk trash at each other all the time. And now that Duke was kind of on the ascendancy, they got JJ Reddick, Sheldon Williams. She's like, oh, we're going to smash you, all this kind of stuff. So my friends and I went to Dallas uh, to party that weekend. And we get to the hotel uh saturday afternoon and i was like all right before we go out to party and stuff i'm planted on this bed watching the duke carolina game you guys are welcome to join me but i'm not going out i gotta watch this game first mm -hmm. all my friends like and most of them <clears throat> are from acc they're, they're okay this sounds cool like we'll join you and we're what and i was explaining it's like guys this is gonna be tough and we might lose i'll be i'll be in a little bit of a down mood but i'll, I'll get going again when we go out and stuff <laughs> and when we were winning and I was just jumping all around and they are just looking at me like I'm insane. It's like, you don't understand. You don't understand. They thought they were going to crush. And we just ruined JJ Reddick's senior night. Oh my God. And so when we were going out to the bars afterwards, I was like the MVP of the bar. And I was like, <laughs> that was a great night. So uh, that was my, my, my favorite Carolina uh, game night having viewed as a fan. If you Sweet. could take anybody I kind of want to say, I don't want to just put it to Duke because that just kind of, it's no. If you could take anyone from another ACC team and put them in a Carolina jersey, who would it be? Kenny Anderson uh, from uh, Georgia Tech. Yes. Uh, that that would have been pretty That's nice. A good one. And yeah, I, and hearing the kind of quote, he didn't want to be another horse in uh, Dean Smith's stable, but like, he would have been nice at Carolina. He would have. Yeah, he would have been. That's a good one. I would have never. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is a good one. Yeah. All right. So, do you? Uh, I know you're in the Air Force. Mm. If you could take one Carolina player up in a plane, mm. who would it be? Well, good question, David. Well, who's afraid of flying? <laughs> Most probably all of them. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, you know, yeah, I realize at Carolina we we gotta take a lot of flights. So, yeah. like, you, you, you got to fly. Like, so a lot of guys were nervous. That was their first time flying, stuff like that. But they got used to it. So let me, let me tell you what. Here, I'll, I'll actually bring out a model. So I'm not a pilot. Uh, I'm an intelligence officer. But for four years when I was stationed in England, I used to fly on this thing. It's called the RC-135 rivet joint. So kind of a, like a reconnaissance aircraft. And okay. it, when you do air refueling, the uh, pilots in the front, they're just doing like a little bit of movements with the stick. And so the nose is just doing little things like this. Mm -hmm. But when the nose is doing the little things like this in the back, it's going like this. So mm. the back of that aircraft where all the, uh, the people are sitting, you know, doing the little computer. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I told you, I said, bro, it feel like when you're in the back of the airplane, you feel the turbulence way more than you oh, do yeah. when you're in the front of the airplane. See, I told you, I knew I went crazy. I yeah. told them jokers that. Oh, you're absolutely correct. It's physics. So, yeah. like, just a little bit of movement. But look how uh, much more the back of the phone's moving. Yeah, so. see, man, that, yeah. man, I'm finna start sitting in the front of the plane all the time. <laughs> they tripping. I told them jokers. Because, like, I like I ain't scared of flying. 
But mm-hmm. turbulence get on my nerves. I'm gonna say that. Like turbulence, I know turbulence ain't never brought no plane down, all that kind of little stuff. But like, I I be when when it get bumpy, bumpy. I be like, Lord have mercy. I start sweating. I have to like tighten my seatbelt up and I hold the thing like this. <laughs> yeah. I try to act, I try to look cool and act like I ain't scared, but I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> But we've had, we've had uh, like new pilots. They're like brand new, just got checked out. And like, we're flying over Afghanistan and stuff and we've got to take, uh, take in gas and we're taking like 50, <laughs> of fuel. And they are, go- I mean, like not just little movements, they're going like this. And we have like a little cup holder next to my computer that I was doing all my work in. And I had a bottle of Coke. And at one point we had a dip so much, my Coke went into the air. I saw it just kind of like float by my face before it crashed down like this. And I looked at the guy next to me like, oh, you know, and just, we were rocking like this. I've thrown up well over a hundred times on that jet. I just kept Ziploc bags in my uh, uh, flight bag and stuff because it it just got so rough. And you're sitting sideways, there's no windows, so you have no horizon. So if you've ever been seasick, you know, they say look in the horizon, you can't do that. So, you know, to answer your first question, yeah, if there's anybody who you just wanted to to play a good prank on and and make them (laughs) sick and scared and terrified, you know, like any number of those players sit in the back with me, uh, uh, <laughs> man, man. Like yes. I, I show it ain't show ain't gonna be me. <laughs> it show ain't gonna be me. Oh my goodness! Like I, like I, I sat in the jump seat right behind the pilots during air fueling. Barely felt a thing. So you were correct. If you sit in the front of the plane, you know, get that first class seat right at the very front. You'll be uh, uh, right as rain. But if you sit in the See, back, that's the, the problem. Front. And that because I'll be I'll be fussing pilots out in the back. Like, I'd be like, bro, I know they feel this, bro, slow down. Like, it'd be feeling like they be going fast as heck through the turbulence. And I'm like, bro, do they not feel how shaky it is back here? They got well, to slow down. You, you're trying to get through those clouds as quickly as you can because you're going to be rattling the whole time that you're inside that cloud. So they're probably just Oh, trying okay, to that's why they speed up. Yeah. I'll be like, I'll be like, bro, slow down, bro. Like, I'll be, <laughs> be so nervous. <laughs> oh, man, that was good. That was good. <laughs> right, well, um, that is a wrap for this week's podcast with Michael McKay. Uh, Michael, we are, are so thankful for your enthusiasm, your, your, I don't want to call it, well, your support, I'm about to call it fandom, but your support and right. um, everything that you, you've, um, been able to interact with us is, is more than appreciated and I'm going to force David to sign something and send it to you. Um, however, we send it to you, um, we'll, we'll find a way, um, but we're just really thankful for you. And um, yeah, thank you for coming on, asking David all these questions. He's going to be good for a I month. appreciate it. So I, Michael, I appreciate him it, man. At all. We, uh, well, yeah, yes, you do. You still no, have to help me. Mm, this is, this is a, this is a weekly Holly. thing. I have Holly. Yeah. So, we, we we need a weekly. This is a weekly thing. Uh, no, no, no. It, it's it, you know you have uh, multiple streams of revenue. You have you need multiple streams of you know Got just it. just constant. Yeah, there you go. So you know what I'm saying, Michael. Man, I definitely appreciate you. Uh, thank you for joining us here on the Player and the Fan. It's it's been a wonderful ride. Um, and yeah, this this is this was a good one. I like this one. I like I like I having fans on and and you know they 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 kind of take the 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 seat of host and ask questions and all that kind of stuff. So, Michael, we appreciate you. Stay safe down there in Hawaii. And and we might definitely take you up on your word. And and if North Carolina gets a chance to come on out there, we might come on out there. So, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to say your, your, your thing, David. Come on, like, you're, you're we out. Come on. Oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. We holla. <laughs> <laughs>